0: We acknowledge the Wondry people of the Kula Nation, the traditional custodians of the land. Welcome to the Doyen interviews part two. My name is Bridget and in this episode we'll be chatting to Ruth Wilson both about her role as director for Architectus and as a board member for 10 women. Thanks Ruth for joining us today and also thanks to Anon for the beautiful introductory music. so Ruth if you could introduce yourself to begin with and um, where you work and sort of discuss a little bit about your role at Architectus.
1: Yeah sure firstly thank you for hosting me with a lovely (laughs) array of food and drink. Um, Yeah so I'm a director of Architectus. We're a firm of architects, interior designers, urban designers and urban planners. Uh, We have studios around Australia. I've just taken on the role of studio leader in Melbourne. Oh, okay. I think we're at 130 people from in the Melbourne studio, working across a range of sectors, um, very strong in education, both um, state schools, private schools, tertiary. Uh, we're doing some really interesting work in rail at the moment. Okay. Um, to do with Melbourne Metro and um, some other... Um, you know, kind of high-level master planning type type roles of the Victorian government. Um, my current project, the State Library Redevelopment, which wow. is the one really close to my heart. Yeah. So we're um, probably three or four months off completion there. Long-duration project and um, just a really amazing building or set of buildings to be working within currently out on site just starting we've got one at the university of melbourne which is housing some really high uh, high spec electron microscopes wow cool so i've got <laughs> this very niche special speciality in um low vibration and low um electromagnetic field environments oh that's
0: so <laughs> yeah i saw on, um in the research you had worked on like a really large project yeah so um, i started with the synchrotron yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it yeah. sounds amazing I mean, I fall into these things. Oh. Yeah. so um that's lovely to be doing another um microscopy project and then the, the third big one i'm involved in is the revitalization of the Bendigo campus of um, Bendigo Tape, okay, which oh, is cool. um, really great, and we're working in collaboration with Six Degrees on that. Oh, cool, which has been great fun. Um, so that's just about to go to managing contractor tender. Yeah. So my world is is education, public buildings, and also have uh, a foot in aviation. So oh, I wow. Worked for many years, probably ten years back to back projects at Melbourne Airport. Okay. Which I loved, um, and we have a really big aviation team now so i'm still still involved at the front end mm. and design reviews and love airports yeah so i don't know what the uh, combining theme of all this work is but <laughs> i think it's something to do with the brownfield campus mm. and um big projects mm. and trying to i think what they have in all in common is that you're trying to predict people's behavior and you're trying to to shape it and mold it um mm. and hopefully you know we believe, improve people's lives through, through good design. We're well known for commercial architecture, so high-rise and workplace. Uh, we do multi-res. We, we choose our projects carefully in that, in that field. We do affordable housing, um, student housing, and then some uh, really beautiful um, developments mm-hmm. um, for um, developers, but also people like CBUS and mm. um, others. I'm trying to run through the sectors. I think I've forgotten one. <laughs> yeah, it's a wide range. Yeah, of of, of work. Yeah, of the scales and mm. nature. That's really
0: cool. Mm. And. Um, like your, it sounds like your career has been really multifaceted, and there have also been a lot of other um, components of it, and yeah, just to sort of introduce a little bit, um, actually got in contact with Ruth through this really great organisation called 10 Women, so this podcast is going to be a little bit about Ruth and her role at architectus, which is... Um, Yeah, obviously very established and amazing and a lot to learn from. But also talking about, yeah, this this group of women um who are doing some really cool things at the moment. So yeah, touching on ideas of the role of the architect, not just being um this amazing portfolio of work that you can do, but also the social um and support networks that mm. we have and that you may have um as a director so yeah um, could you introduce a little bit about 10 women and yeah who they yeah. are and what what it is sounds really cool sounds like it's evolving as well
1: yeah yeah so 10 is a group of 10 women 10 senior women in the property industry um, our charter or our mandate is to empower women in the property industry through networking and philanthropy. Cool. So I joined two years ago. I was invited in as one of the um, 10 board members. Originally, it was founded by uh, Fiona Dunster and Belinda Coates. And look, a bit later on, I'll go through each of sure. the 10 because I yeah. need to talk about each of them. They're so um, amazing. Yeah. What it basically is as a framework is that we run 10 lunches a year where five members invite five, five board members invite five new members right. to have lunch. And, um, we meet at a restaurant, uh, different restaurants around the city. Um, we talk openly about, um, our careers, our work, um, things that are happening. So, it's about getting to know other people mm. in the industry that are um, maybe doing parallel roles or, you know, complementary roles. Uh, so it is a networking forum. <clears throat> um, so every year we grow our network by um, about 50 people. Right. So 10 by wow. 5. Yeah. Um, it's been going four years. The format's changed slightly but we have about 180 members oh wow and then at the end of the financial year we have a cocktail party right and I'd say that is you know probably my favorite moment of the year walking in and just seeing this room full Mm -hmm. of um you know women in huge roles in our property industry yeah um it's very exciting to be around um mm. that kind of talent and and also commitment to not only their own careers but the people around them and and what they're doing yeah it's really cool so the 10 members i'll go through yeah, yeah. that great <laughs> um, so as i said it was founded by fiona and belinda so fiona dunster is director of Feedum, which is a boutique consultancy to the property and construction industry um, so it specialises in strategic advice um, and a fee. Um, before that, I think I think that firm's been around maybe 12 years or so, but before that she was director of Seabus Property. Right, cool. And, um, you know, I remember um, getting to know her uh, when I'd come back to Australia. I didn't really get to know her. She was like a figurehead on mm. the horizon, it's <laughs> like, you know that is incredible. You know, yeah. young woman, yeah, um, really at the kind of you know top of her game mm. and um, in such a big role. It was um, very, very inspiring and. Uh, she went on, one thing that I remember is she won, I think it was one of the first Crystal Vision Awards at oh, NAUI. okay, cool. Um, and that was in that era of NAWI. Right. It was probably, you were probably still at high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but NAWI had this amazing era when um, Louise Hansen, who's one of our other directors, right. um, was... The Melbourne president, and it, oh, okay. it, it had this wave of um, huge activity and right. great popularity. So it was, it was a big thing. That was right. probably. I know I'm going to get the years wrong, but I'm going to say something like 2005 right. something around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Fee um, started ten with Belinda, so Belinda okay. Coates, right? Um, yeah. Who I think a lot of people know. Yeah. Um, Belinda okay. is director, um, clients and strategy at Slattery. Right cost consulting and um, prior to that she was in BD roles BD manager roles at uh, Woods, Bucket and Hassel so um, has worked alongside architects for a lot of her career and Belinda mm. is the connector right. like she's connected you and I yes. and she just genuinely yes. has this um, complete passion for connecting people mm. to you know pursue um, things that are going to be um well, good for each other, and, yeah. and hopefully good for others as well. Yeah, um, she has a amazing, amazing energy, and um, she really kind of um, brings us, herds us together. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and Sarah Slattery is. Managing director of Slattery. Right. And the first woman managing director of a QS firm in Australia. Wow. If okay. not the world. So, oh, wow. they've tried to research um, if there is another woman director of a QS firm and so far right. haven't been able to find one worldwide. So, wow. yeah, huge. Slattery is on a trajectory of growth, really great, great firm doing lots of interesting work mm. in, the, in the world of cost consultancy and cost planning right Anthea Savitas business development manager of Wattpack I think a lot of people know Anthea as well she's another like really well known member of the property and construction industry once again a real connector of people and opportunities yeah. and just you know great she's just great great sense of humour and always um, always coming in with the, the wry comment <laughs> <laughs> I think <it's> all love all laugh Louise who I mentioned before director of Hanson youngkin um, so she works in the BD uh, side of Hanson Youngkin and um, is also a board member and I think she holds a couple of other board me- board positions as well so like Sarah she's part of, of a family business I guess right. you know, branded with the family name but I think it's um, it's another layer of complexity mm. in in work life and um, we have had lots of talks about that and, and we are thinking about doing um, some kind of thought leadership papers and that Maybe one of the topics. I'm not sure. I think in terms of architecture, we we know a lot of um, practices that have you know either husband and wife teams or you know generations. So I think it would be an interesting yeah. kind of lens to put on the whole yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Then we've got Chris Greenwood, who's a non-executive director of Zeus. So Chris is in the world of facility management, but right. specifically in the world of. Um, IT solutions and software for the management. So she's sold her own business into Zeus and has become uh, one of their board members. She's also chair of the FMA Facilities Management Australia. I think um, facility management is not the sexiest of things until you meet Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's very glamorous and um, just has this kind of huge aura of um, positivity and, um, and, uh, yeah, happiness and oh, yeah things that you don't really equate with the world of a facility so. <laughs> anyway um Heidi Smith partner of Grey Paxend. so um like me an architect Heidi's speciality is workplace design and interiors and she's also a marathon runner oh very wow. impressive <laughs> <laughs> Alex Lola Executive Director of Property and Sustainability at the University of Melbourne, who I think a lot of people know, Alex. Yeah. Um, So she has a huge role at the university. um, And as well as that, she's the current chair of the um, InterMetro uh, Metropolitan Partnerships, um, which is an advisory group to the Vic government. Mm and she's also, I believe, a board member of the FMA. Okay, so cool. Uh, brought in by Chris. Yeah. And then newest member is Michelle McNally, who's general manager of property at Australia Post. So once again, just a huge role, like mind-boggling to me wow. what that might yeah <laughs> that might mean. Um, and uh, Michelle was formerly general manager at ISBT. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's. Um, it's an impressive list, list yeah. of um, women with you know huge roles and mm-hmm. huge huge careers.
0: Yeah that's really cool and so I guess I'll probably ask two questions like first of all what does it mean to you um, as a director to have become a part of this? And Yeah, yeah, there...
1: yeah I think um, it's been great to be part of something that's quite organised right. but at the same time almost feels like a friendship group I mean right. we, we get together and have a lot of fun and yeah. um, you know I feel genu- genuinely supported right. by by my fellow 10 and, <laughs> uh, and you know I think that's reciprocated among all the members Yeah. so it is um, just a great forum to compare notes mm. and uh, bring problems to and say you know what yes. would you do here and Uh, It's also, you know, connecting industry, knowing what's happening, you know, sharing Mm. leads, things like that. Yeah. But to be honest, it's, for me, it's really um, having a group who I feel inspired by. Right. And and that I know together we can uh, do things that will make a difference. Yeah. And and that brings us to the fundraising thing. (laughs) So, well, I guess the primary... Thing that I think is making a difference is that we are building this tribe, right? Connecting people, yeah. Um, and there's already been so many stories about people who have um, created friendships or business mm. relationships through um, through the the tribe, so to speak, right? Um, and everyone comes that comes to the lunches kind of, you know, says how inspiring they are and how they feel empowered, and that's exactly what mm. what we want. Yeah. Late last year we thought we we could do a fundraiser and Chris and Anthea, um, knew about HAA, Housing All Australians, and Chris had sub- subsequently become a board member of the organisation. So they're an advocacy group about getting the property and construction industry together to actually, um, activate, um, Facilities uh, that would otherwise lay lay dormant right. and use them as pop up. Oh, that's uh, that's an amazing idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, we thought, oh look, we'll have a lunch, and goodness, we could probably get I don't know, fifty people yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we um, set a target of raising fifty thousand dollars, thinking that was quite ambitious. Um, and we had a strategy for advertising the tables and things like that. And as soon as we put word out there, literally, I think it was in four weeks, all the tables had been set oh, wow. up. And we ended up with 530 people oh, coming wow. to lunch. Wow. Uh, and generating a um, whole heap of uh, great raffle prizes. And then on the day, there was Really generous, spontaneous pledges from many companies. So we ended up raising two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which just exceeded anybody's expectations. It's pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it shows there's a huge amount of uh, will to do something about homeless in Melbourne. Yeah, our um, focus was specifically women over fifty. Right. So apparently that is the largest growing demographic of homeless in Australia, which is quite worrying. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think it just showed there's a huge amount of of goodwill and generosity Mm. uh, in in our industry. Yeah, absolutely, and almost
0: um, an untapped resource in some way to think that that can happen very organically and people um, perhaps are wanting to get involved with these things but Mm -hmm. maybe they're not happening enough or maybe there's not enough discussion about... Um, ways that people can contribute and it's actually going to create meaningful change. You start to think oh there are these issues and I do see homelessness in the city and I'd like mm. to do something about it but I just don't know where to start and yeah. just, it yeah. can be so overwhelming so yeah it sort yeah. of starts like the start of yeah movements that are creating um, like enormous possibilities yeah. it's pretty cool. Well um, HIA, and I
1: encourage people to go and um, have a look on LinkedIn for their, for their Profile and and some of their achievements today. It's very much about tapping into um, the pro bono capacity of our industry, so both from the design side, um, but through to um, construction and furniture Mm. suppliers. And there's been huge generosity there. Yeah. And the other charity that specifically targets um, homelessness, mainly for youth, is um, PIF, the Property Industry Foundation. Uh, so they've done some really great initiatives okay. as well. Yeah, and so um, Architect is still hoping to do some pro bono work for, for them right. uh, in the coming year, getting uh, one of their facilities designed. Um, yeah, but you're right. It's about finding about how, mm. how you can meaningfully input um, money is important, but I think also Um, using our skills and making them available to other organisations who would value them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Looking at um, our Lord Mayor's Sally Katz podcast and, and, you know, different posts that she puts on different forums. You know, Mm -hmm. they are as concerned and, and... you know, really actively working with the homeless, it's it's a complex, mm. complex problem, yeah, um, absolutely. But for those of us who've been coming into the city for many years, you can it seems well, actually, I wouldn't say it's getting worse, it seemed mm. to hit a peak a while ago. Mm. Like, I actually think it's maybe less, right? Bad. I don't know.
0: Um, well, where I used to work was in a very um, central spot for mm. um, homelessness and also. Um Sort of alcoholics or drug users, it was very visible mm. in terms of you know there was one lane that I would never walk down because right. there was constantly police there, and you could you could see what people were doing right, yeah, so that was really disturbing and showing up to work every day and walking past that it was yeah really um really sad and seeing people i mean it's great that we have facilities like offering free food and stuff like that but yeah sort of you just have this juxtaposition of people who Mm. are going into the city for work and Mm. um yeah people who are in these really awful situations which are extremely complex um, Mm -hmm. and very hard to understand i think um yeah like i'd like to do more research
1: into what can be done it's multi-faceted it's to do with also, mental health. Yeah, uh, you know, and perhaps some of them are falling through the cracks. Uh, it's also the different um, spectrum of drugs that people are taking. Yeah, um, that you know, from what I've heard, some some homeless people are avoiding going into those short-term accommodations just in just because the level of violence is quite yeah. high from the other yeah um, residents. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm definitely not an expert yeah. at it, but it does just make you contemplate, you know, how how well off we are, yeah. most of us, yeah. you know, majority of us, yeah. and then there are some that are just struggling so badly.
0: Do you feel that architects or people in the construction industry, because we are dealing with spaces and, and often creating homes for people, mm-hmm. do would you say that we have a responsibility or do you think there's sort of this social consciousness that could come or should come with mm. being an architect
1: yeah well i think i think people are, are attracted to the profession because they feel that space and place can improve people's lives. well that's yeah. definitely the, i think the people that we bring into architectures are on mm. that ilk i think right. you know, i think there might be another stream who want to leave their mark on the world <laughs> 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 and just like the idea of having you know creating something that's going to be there for 50 or 100 years but um I think most people have been moved or impacted by design and they want to give other people that uh, same positive experience. Yeah. In terms of what we're doing more broadly in society, I guess the problem with architecture as against a pure art form is that we need funding (laughs) to do it you know, historically funding for social housing is coming from the government. Mm. I think I think there's a lot of well intentioned and great initiatives mm. in public housing. Things don't happen quickly. Right. I, I don't know, I, I really like the HAA model which says let's let's actually come together with the, the craft and the skills mm. and the resources we have. Yeah and let's do something in parallel with government. Yeah. So um, it's like a, a, a stream that could run a little bit quicker, perhaps. Right. I think the thing about people in the property and construction industry is we are pretty outcome-driven. Like, we do yeah. love to see an outcome. Yeah. So I think it's a good match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we like the results, mm. and we like to see something. and you know, we're into tangible results. And yeah, that's why we're in, the, in yeah. the industries that we're in.
0: As a group of women, where do you see ten women going? It yeah. sort of sounds like you've, yeah, yeah, you've come together and, yeah, like what,
1: what's next? <laughs> what's next? <laughs> um, so on the philanthropy side of things, we we are committed to doing another event. Um, we're not sure if that's going to be within 12 months. So the last one was at the beginning of March. We're not sure if it's going to be kind of 12 months or 18 months because it was quite a lot of work yeah. <laughs> um, to fit in in between all our yeah. other responsibilities. Yeah. Um, so we will always raise money for something to do with the wellbeing of women. Right. Um, AJ was a perfect fit because it was women and property. Right. Um, But equally, we might do something around um, perhaps education, um, scholarship for underprivileged women, something like that. Right. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. There will be another event. Yeah. We've just had a strategy day, actually, to work out where we are going. We're at an interesting point because we have gathered a lot of momentum Mm -hmm. but you know we're unfunded we've all got huge jobs yeah uh, a balance between what we can actually take on and what we want to take on so i think our first responsibility we feel is to our member group so to our 180 members We really want to concentrate on on them and doing more to inspire them to come together and make more connections uh, so we'll run a few more informal events alongside our right. yearly cocktail party. Um, we have um, people coming to us, for example, people that are maybe putting a conference together or people that are looking to tap into our network. Right. So that is fantastic. Yeah. That's and sometimes cool. we do that the other way as well. I think Belinda's really good at that. You know, she sees something on On LinkedIn with maybe what we call a manal, which is a man panel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she'll just, you know, um, very nicely get in touch and say, um, you know, we can introduce you to 180, you know, amazing women. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, probably um, could fill a spot in your next panel. We love that kind of thing with those those connections. Yeah. I think we all do a lot of mentoring, both formally and informally. We're, go, we're actually going to run a series of top tens over the next um, year or so. And the first top ten is the top ten questions we get asked through mentoring. Oh, that's beautiful, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. That's, a good, that's a really good idea. Yes. Like,
1: what are some of the common themes yes. that keep <laughs> coming up? Yeah, so um, actually recently on our Instagram we posted, where we relay posted, Um, Something from uh, one of my favourite Instagrammers called um, Alavest, which is the um, investment company just for women that work out of the States. And it was a statement that said women are over-mentored and under-sponsored. Right. And it talked about the difference between mentoring and sponsoring, and sponsoring being that relationship where somebody is going to advocate for you when you're not in the room. Right. And Um, it's a good way to put it yeah I think I don't know you know in my day a mentor was something that you only recognised um, you know you looked back and recognised who was your mentor you Mm. know it was not something that you ever declared as it was happening Yeah. you know and I think um, normally those people were people you were working alongside who knew you really Mm. well um, who are kind of giving you advice or, you know, guiding you past mm. slightly outside the remit of work. Right. Really? Um, but these days we have you know formal like, formal mentoring programs, and I think they are very valuable uh, in connecting people. But it, it's an it, it is an organic thing. You know, some people yeah. sometimes you get paired with people, and it's just you know, it's not a natural fit. Yeah. And, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying, well, um, or, or, you know, just letting yeah. it maybe fade out. Yeah, sure. Um, and yeah. letting that person find someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the kind of questions we get uh, that we kind of brainstorm that we get often asked is a lot about, you know, how do I progress my career? Mm. Um, how do I know if I'm valued in the firm? Mm. Is my long-term future here or should, right. should I move? Yeah. Um, and that, they're often quite complex ans- answers. Yeah. But I would say even the fact that one is asking oneself those questions probably means that you're not in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Although in a, the best-case scenario, you might then talk that through with someone and and encourage them to have a frank conversation mm-hmm. about, you know, getting genuine feedback, and I think from that response you can often tell where, where you're going to sit. Right. Um, and not, not being afraid to move on mm-hmm. either, that there's, um, you know, there, there will be greener pastures, I guess. Yeah. That said, I mean, I've been <laughs> architectures for 18 years, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I value, I deeply value loyalty, um, to a firm, and so I think I would always counsel someone as the first option to try and see if you can make it work. Right. You know, look at the positives. Yeah. The old pros and cons list, but really see what the positives are. Yeah. See if you can make them work.
0: Yeah. Um, I love this idea of, someone else said to me once, um, a career is made up of you know ten things that someone will say ten different things that ten different people will say about you over five years that you'll never know about.
1: <laughs> that's your that's your real reference. Oh, okay. And um, well, look, I really you know I think you have to be pretty closely involved with the person to know actually what their talents are and what right. their, their way of working is. Right. And I think you have to be able to judge that and right. experience it firsthand. Yeah. I think it's hard to be a sponsor for someone where you haven't actually seen them operate yeah. in that environment. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think sometimes it's just reminding people. I mean, I, you know, I don't only do it for women. I do it, yeah. do it for, for um, men, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also this reverse thing that some some women think just by the fact that they're a woman, yeah. you'll be advocating for them, yeah. which yeah. you know is also not the case. Yeah. And, you know, you advocate for quality and um, for people that um, are really exceptional. Yeah. So when anyone comes to me and says, "How do I progress my career?" my first answer is. Be good at your job. Yeah. Be really good at your job. Yeah. And and if your feedback is is about kind of the technicalities of your job, you know, if you're being asked to upskill in and say Revit, then upskill and Revit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that it, there's no workarounds here. You know, you're not going to kind of leapfrog magically over that hurdle. You you know, there are things that you have to invest the time in. Yeah and um and get good at yeah um yeah so Mm. maybe i'm a bit tough at the same time i think i think you need everyone needs to feel supported and valued like no one can can realize their potential in an environment where they feel they have to look over their shoulder or they're being judged or they're not um being supported yeah so I think every young architect deserves that. Yeah. And I think if you're not getting it, then yeah. it's, it's not good enough. Yeah. You know, we, we all invest a long time in what we study. And we all know the road ahead is, you know, perhaps, you know, it's definitely not the best paid <laughs> profession yeah. in the world. Yeah, it, it, I believe it's the most rewarding profession in the world, but it's, um, you know, it, it, it's a hard road yeah. to get those, um, those other rewards that it brings. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think the feeling of um, being in the right right place, whatever that means to you, is right. really important.
0: Yeah. You. And, um, yeah, sort of following on from that, we, we had a discussion on the phone and one, like, a couple of days ago and one of the things that we were talking about, yeah, in bringing up this idea of um, women in the workplace or people in the workplace, um, yeah, sometimes we are, our issues are described as, all about having kids, or yeah. What are your thoughts on architects and yeah, the sort of um, multifaceted careers that people are wanting to have, and, and the different issues people are facing? Mm,
1: yeah. Um, well, just just on the family one. Yeah. You know, I, I think that conversation was about um, a lot of discussion about gender equity comes back to. Um, the workplace or the or careers aren't equitable because women have to take out this chunk of their career to have kids and then look after right. them, and 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 I think my point was that excludes a whole heap of women who don't have kids. Yeah. You know, So um, if they are experiencing perhaps some elements in their in their work life that they feel um, aren't equitable, I think that needs to be discussed as well. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure there are. Yeah. Um, but so often the conversation gets swung back to family, which I think is excluding a huge yeah. a huge bunch of bunch of women. Um, but just on the family. I'm yeah. gonna <laughs> yeah. I mean, do the family one and then we're gonna move on. All right. Um <laughs> it is a problem in architecture. So uh, as a large practice, um, we have done our stats and you know, we're we're really great in the early years, 50-50. And, in fact, by the time we get to Project Leader, which, you know, our projects are normally 50 million plus, so Project Leader is a big role. We've actually got more women than men. Right. And in this kind of of sub-mid-30 group. Mm. And then you fast forward 10 years and it's completely opposite. We have... So there's um, a tendency for women to leave... Um, have families and they don't come back to big practice. Right. So um, we uh, have kind of a multi-pronged approach to try and turn turn that stat around. Yeah. Um, the first thing we did was launch a paid parental leave scheme, which okay. is we think you know at the um, top of the industry. So mm. we have sixteen weeks. Oh wow. Pay parental leave, um, and then another bonus when you when you come back to work. Um, and yeah. that is uh, for the primary caregiver. Uh, we pay, you can, um, you know, your job is held for a year, and you get, uh, we pay your superannuation for that year. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, so we've had a couple of um, mums take that up and also a few dads, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a tangible thing that we're doing the other one is working flexibly right which I think has always happened and it's probably easier to do in a smaller practice but as we've grown we've had to formalize that that um, it, you know people uh, um, you know flag which days they want to work from home or work flexibly right uh, and uh, you know, that's not just for family, that's for people who want to pursue other things outside their work life as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's on the kind of family side of things. But beyond yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> and in terms of supporting people doing other things in their life, I, I kind of view, I view it as this kind of network of friends of architects. So people will come and people will go, but I hope that they will always... That their home is with us, right? And you know, it's really common for young architects to want to go and work overseas, which I think is a you know, great thing to do. Yeah. Um, so we send them off with a lot of love and hope they come back. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely take a long-term view of it. Mm. That um, you know, we invest in our, our young ones. We train them really well. Um, we hope they learn learn good practice with mm. us, and that that that's, that's a highlight in their career and, yeah. and perhaps at another time it's right for them to come back.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I'm really interested in this idea of 10 women and how you've come together and you've grown this sort of, yeah, microcosm of <laughs> people doing stuff. Um, do you feel that there are strengths or ways that you're networking mm. that
1: could be brought into business or yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think... Um, yeah, I think I, I described tennis, you know, quite an organised framework, which which it is, particularly the yeah. lunch series. Um, I was at another event um, run by Natalie Kirshner. She has a group called State. Okay, cool. Um, and it was a great event. It was around International Women's Day, I think, and they were also raising um, funds, I think, for... Um, a women's shelter or violence, yeah, women, something like that. But um, towards the end of the night, we all started sharing the kind of more informal networks that we're part of, so um, groups of friends that get together that actually might kind of expand to, um, you know, people that you you probably wouldn't call close friends, but it's a forum where you're actually sharing stuff about your work life and, um, you know, floating problems and getting getting the group to yeah. kind of help solve them. And it was just incredible around the room just how many people had that kind of group that yeah. they would go to. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that more informal grouping that traditionally perhaps men have had, you know, I don't want to be um, really stereotypical, yeah. but, you know, perhaps a round of golf or, um, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, think, what is it these days, riding in Lycra. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, yeah. they're important connections to have um, so I think they've always existed yeah and I, and I think that and I think there is something for you know I think we, we do sometimes naturally cluster in our genders mm. and I think there's nothing wrong with that yeah um, and then the, this more formalized structure I guess of 10. Um, I can't think of a group of men who are structured like that. Right, yeah. Um, And I think we've got to be careful about it as well Mm. because, you know, I'd hate for this to to actually get to a point where men start to feel um, almost kind of out of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, there should be a men's (laughs) 10. If I can write <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you never know, someone listening to this, it might inspire something. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, um, I might start to wrap it up. But yeah, I guess like sort of a small question following on from that is, from your perspective as a director, do you feel that... Um, yeah, networking is is a big part of this podcast, and it's something I'm talking about mm-hmm. almost in every. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. it is it
0: is networking essentially. Yeah. And um, do you see it, a huge correlation between that and what you do in your business? Like, do you, have you found that networking is something that has been really important? And um, yeah, maybe it, it may not be that always you're making connections through this group it may just be that you're strengthening people are strengthening their skills mm-hmm. at being able to have conversations and that could then help them in business but yeah like okay. do you find that networking and those sort of soft
1: skills yeah. are um important yeah i would networking in essential, definitely yeah um you know you get to a point in practice where you are the one bringing in the work mm. you know we we are that's our key role. Yeah. Um, without that, there is no practice. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, you have to know what's going on. Um, you have to, yeah, have, have your ear to the ground and, and, and know what's happening and have people that you can trust, that you can call on to, um, you know, join your bid or, um, you know, workshop something. With you in, in that um, pursuit of new work, right? So it, it's really important. Um, I I think. Once again, a bit like the mentoring, it's best when it happens just organically. That you yeah. you naturally network with people that you enjoy their company, that you trust, that you mm-hmm. admire, mm-hmm. Um, and in the best circumstances, that that's a mutual thing, and you just get on, and it doesn't feel like yeah. you know networking and in inverted commas. It just feels yeah. like you're having a chat with someone you like.
0: Yeah, that that's
1: I think how it mm. is best. Yeah, is your
0: lens looking at yeah not just networking with people in architecture or the
1: construction industry, is it sort of more broad? Mm. Um, Probably not um, deliberately. I had a conversation with um, a young architect who um, has her so, so young. You know, she's probably mid-30s. Yeah. That's young to me. <laughs> <laughs> Has her
0: she's still a millennial. She's yeah. an upper millennial.
1: <laughs> Has her own practice. And, um, you know, I was looking to bring in more work and I was saying, well, maybe you need to join the tennis club. You Right. To. If you're looking for residential work, you do have to have people who are in the demographic of spending money in their homes. That's actually who you need to have around you. Yeah. You know, either through word of mouth or connections. Yeah. Um, At at our end of the business, uh, a lot of the work that I target is more formalised tenders. You know, projects that are in the public domain that people know about very well, you know, and we have to compete for them. Yeah. In other sectors, you know, sometimes in the commercial and resi sector, it's more relationship-based. Right. But, you know, there's not much work at that large scale that is just directly given to one practice. Most of we are competing for. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of knowing what's happening. Uh, You know, our networks are often used for um, either finding the right partners well, you know, Architects is very big on partnering. Right. Bringing the right people to the project, whether that be other architects or other consultants. Right. Um, so knowing, knowing those people. mm mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe in small practice you, you do have to do a little bit more, mm. um, you know, be on the school committee, <laughs> join the tennis <laughs> club, <laughs> be a little bit networked outside Involved. your industry, yeah, just yeah. To, to cast that net of, of people that yeah. hopefully might commission you.
0: Yeah, and I guess also, um, yeah, networking, I think some um, – I'll try to reference it when I publish this this, but I saw someone wrote on Instagram like networking's not a dirty word and I think Mm. there was an event around that Mm. and um, yeah like I really agree with that I think yeah networking is about meeting people and yeah putting them in your orbit and seeing what you can do for them and vice versa and Mm. yeah you never know when you'll be called on for a favour or you know if you see it that way or um, yeah like an exchange of information and I think yeah a lot of young a lot of people I know um say that they struggle with networking mm. and I think well you're really good at socializing you've got mm. a great group of
1: friends like that's networking yeah. in itself um, yeah so do you know yeah. what I think though? I think you know you do have to think of it as a net yeah and you have to be a generous participant in it so you have to look at the people that you could connect where you know right. you might have no part in it yeah you know? so yeah um you know, I see that a lot in the 10, that they're unnatural connected, you know, someone like Belinda or, you know, bringing people together. Right. Um, because they, you know, she can see where there might be synergies between what they're doing. Mm, that's um, pretty cool. So I think that generosity of spirit is yeah. actually key to it. Wow.
0: That's a really good point. Um, yeah. And that also takes a lot of letting go of the ego and just... Mm letting things happen and yeah Just, um, and believing in karma
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it'll come back <laughs> yeah and yeah my partner says it'll come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's so true yeah i guess to finish up is there any um if you had to give any advice to yourself when you were mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when you were starting out, like say, just when you're in your first job, what would it be?
1: Oh goodness, i think I think I was in a bit of a rush, to be honest. right. I didn't realize you know, I mean, I'm in my third decade of architecture now. yeah, um, And you know hopefully I've got. <laughs> Another, oh, definitely another one. A lot of another two. Yeah, um, you know, you have a long time to sort stuff out. Yeah. Um, so, I think, um, you know, don't be so concerned about the pace that things are happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. It can. You might. There might be things that are outside your control, but that's not. It's not going to add up in the long term. Right. To a negative. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like guess right. it's, 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 it's a long continuum, your career. Mm. So, um, you know, I had the, I was the kind of the economic exile and I went to Germany. Um, so at the time yeah. that happened, you know, yeah. that was terrible. Like I was, right. um, there was no work for architects. Yeah. It was um, 1992 you know, a terrible time in Melbourne, no no work for architects. And, you know, I felt, wow, well, God, what have I done? You know, yeah. how often is this going to happen in my career? And yeah. literally having to move to the other side of the world to find work. Yeah. It's pretty um, but, you know, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was actually a great thing and I don't regret it. And, um, you know, I was, I was nervous and was challenging at the time but in the long term looking back it was the best thing that ever happened so yeah yeah so I think don't don't uh I tell myself not to be worried about the pace (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yeah that's really great advice well thank you so much um for stopping by and And (laughs) and (laughs) for your research and yeah also to the um nine other members and yeah to the rest of your sort of group sounds really incredible and it will be great to share like what happens and where everything um evolves too yeah i'd love to do that yeah (laughs) okay thank you very much thanks
1: bridget